You're listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode 42. On today's episode, Zondi joins the show to discuss this month, December, in Soju Talk music. So sit back and chill with friends. You're listening to the after show with the Soju Talk Nation. Welcome to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, a chill discussion on this month in the Soju Talk Nation. We're recording on Friday, January 6, 2022. I'm your host, Crispy, and joining me this week is a wonderful uh, human being, a um, uh, a British kid? Nah, just kidding. Um, Zondi, welcome to the show, sir. That's my stop. Thank you very much, Crispy. Of course, of course. You know, I had to lead it in with with compliments uh, because I had to drop uh, the the bit afterwards, um, and I apologize for, for the pain. I apologize for the gaslighting. Apologize for leading <laughs> you in, but uh, but truly, I am excited and happy to have you on the show. Um, you were here last month to do the November recap, um, and I figured you know it'd be nice to have you back and to to talk about December. And the uh, number of songs <laughs> that came out. Um, just a kind of a quick overview and look back at December. You know, we went back into the songs the past few days. Tried to check out the releases. Really wanted to stick with what the crew covered on those two episodes. It was in, it was it was we 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 were we were very we were very creative. With how we decided and thought about these songs, let's just put it that way. Uh, Zondi, how, how do you overall feel about the music of December? That's not mince words here, Crispy. It's been a dry month. It's not. It's not been. It's been a weak month. One of the, by far, one of the weakest months of twenty twenty one. But I mean, December is never a month for releases. It's always like the end of the year. You get all the award shows. You get the. A cute little, you know, the guyos. You get to see all the fun collab stages. It all comes together at the end. And it's more of like a recapitulation of the year as opposed to you know, new content, right? But we did get some songs, right? We got some talking points at the very least. Yeah, yeah, we did get some songs, um, you know, all mixed in with all the stages and award shows. Um, all amazing, by the way. If you haven't seen any of them, just go watch something. Uh, watch Itzy. Um, watch the Rum Pum Pum stage. Quite good. That's the best one. Quite good. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some music. So Zondi, um, you know, our our structure here on our recaps is we pick two songs that we enjoyed from the month or that we want to talk about. Um, and then we will go back and forth with what the crew discussed this month um, and then kind of how we felt about uh, the types of discussion on the server. So, uh, Zondi, lead us off. What is your first song of December 2021? Yeah, the first song I picked was Eleven by Ive. I was super lukewarm on the song at first. Uh, I'm maybe in the minority that liked that little slowdown bit in the pre-chorus, but I think when it came out initially, that was the only part of the song that really stuck out to me. But, I mean, as the weeks went by, I kind of felt myself humming one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know? Just like everyone else did. That doesn't, it's not to say I love the song now, but I, I am slightly warmer on it than I was at release. And maybe that is supplemented by the fact that I've been doing so well um, in terms of, you know, album sales and music show wins and overall popularity. And it makes my little heart happy because... That means that, you know, Eugene and One Young are doing good for themselves. Um, so yeah. D- Doug is a Eugene bias. Although uh it's kind of flipped to this Liz, this Liz girl, this this blonde lady. Um so seeing child. <laughs> child. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I forget. Um is, is she the one born in two thousand seven? I don't remember. I, I didn't look it I up because I just, so. I, I didn't, I, it, it was very difficult for me to comprehend the fact that there is a 14 year old on, on this group. 
wild. Yeah, group. that's crazy because like I remember 2007, and I'm not very old. Yeah, um, and and not not because I think they're too young. Um, maybe they're too young. I don't know, but because as a group, they do seem fairly polished and refined already. I think that is kind of the strength of uh, this release. The song itself, um, I also was a little trepidatious about it. Um, the slowdown, I wouldn't say it didn't work for me. It was jarring at first. It was very unexpected because it, you know I love a bit of jarring. It, yeah, it's on, you like a little, you like a little bit of chaos in your life. Um, very much checks out. But within this song, it's very, um, you know, it has a, a very stable, consistent beat. Um, Warren kind of described it as very balanced at first, but then with that slowdown, it's like, oh, it's pulling me in a different direction that I was not expecting. Um, but having listened to it over the past few weeks, I'm kind of good with it now. I, I, I think it's a unique part to keep your attention within the song, keeping the song from being boring or monotone or monotonous. Um, and I think that it actually helps it over time. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you think about the lyrics? Uh, are you are you a ten, are you a eleven out of ten or is it, is it some other countdown type of meaning one two three four five six seven eleven? I think it's I think it's a spinal top, You know, it turned me up to eleven. It's definitely eleven out of ten, right? Surely. I hope so, but you know, it's like you're turning helps. up the knob. You're going from one, two, three. You know, three to seven, and then and then you, you just, just crank ratchet. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, we we got we get it. Come on, crew. You guys gotta, you gotta pick this up a little bit. Um, as far as the music video, Doug felt like it was fairly low budget. I can't remember too much about... I can't. I, so I probably can't differentiate too much between like a low budget and a high budget music video. I didn't feel like it was low budget. Um, if anything, I felt like the cinematography allowed for the showcase of the members because I got to see them kind of very much in focus, um, whether that's with the outfits or with... Um, I guess the the type of characterization that you would want for a brand new group because I did get to see that all of them are really good performers. They're all really solid. They can act. Um, they have the visual component down. Um, what did you think about the music video, Zondi? Yeah, I did kind of get kind of low budget vibes, like surprisingly low budget vibes. I would say, um, but it's kind of to be expected, really. I mean, Starship's a big company, but they're not that big, and um, you know, I'm inevitably going to compare this group and how it does to Uju Sonia because they're both Starship Girl groups. They both have post-produced group members, as you know, to put it some way. Obviously, it's a different story with them, but um, their debut also with Mo 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 was a pretty low-budgety music video. Uh. And I guess, like, the parallel would be instead of the slowdown in the pre-chorus, it would be Cheng Xiao doing a flip. And that's the thing that you remember from that. It's but, really, uh, yeah, it's a I, I think, callback, actually, to, to that music video. Actually, yeah, I, I, I think as time goes on, maybe they, they probably will get higher budget music videos. I don't think, I, don't, I, did, I did kind of agree with Doug in the sense that it does not look like they spent too, too much in terms of, you know, getting fancy sets or it, it does look like a, it was all, you know, filmed inside a box. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's, it's self-contained. It does feel like it's in one location on a soundstage. But um, I guess for me, I, I wasn't paying too much attention to it. Um, I was trying to figure out the song. I think that was mostly my concern. <laughs> Watching the music video and then kind of like figuring out, okay, like how did the vocals play? I, at that point, I was still kind of figuring out the chorus and the pre-chorus drop. Um, but overall, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a great release. Uh, and you bring up a good point about them doing incredibly well between sales and music shows. Um, just really quickly, what is your impression on I've with their early success um, and how you project that moving forward? I am. I, I think they're sad. I think they're getting, they've been getting better sales than their, their seniors, which is, I mean, it's, it's good and bad news in a way, you know, as a massive Udrong, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not at all worried about them. And, as I, the same way I would be in any other rookie group, or, or especially a post-produced group, 
which I have gone through the cycle of a billion times at this point, right? Between IOI 101 and now Eyes 1. It does feel like Eyes 1, the fandom, um, has carried over the strongest of the other produced groups. Um, At least anecdotally, it kind of just feels that way with how this group has popped off so incredibly fast. Um, And... I don't know. I think I think that's a, that's a good sign for anyone else coming out of um, the Eyes One system. Um, we do have Unbi and yeah. uh, Joe Yuri, but those are solos, right? So I guess th- this idea, this package, of and Yana in a group. Oh, Yana, yes. Yana's coming. Yana's in coming. Ten days. Uh, man, we're getting so much Eyes One stuff. It's like they never ended. It's like it just keeps going. I mean, the, the the best part about it is that they're constantly on social media posting pictures of each other, and yeah. it just makes it makes you feel so warm inside. Yeah. It's like similar to how IOI have been doing. I didn't really keep up with one on one as much post debut, yeah. but or post disbandment. It feels like the companies have figured out a better strategy for the girls post produce than IOI members because I feel like the IOI members I think are fully yeah. independent, right? They, they do seem like they're on their own. They they definitely learn from their mistakes a lot better. Yeah, and I think Starship from the beginning have been doing it the best. Uh, we saw it with. Sonia, we saw it with gravity, but yeah, I think out of the produced groups, I think this has definitely been the most well kind of recovered post disbandment. I think we have seen yet, and it might just be as a result of them having more sales. You know, and I think Aizon obviously have been classically out overperforming in terms of sales and also um i've having yujin one young also meant that that kind of transferred over i think is a lot of a large part i think is of why they've been having so much financial success yeah it's because of the popularity of those two in particular yeah th- those two very much carry the um the social consciousness of k-pop fans and i think that is in large part the the reason um, or the, the result of the, the success of the group, which um, no, I can't, can't be mad about it. I think I think that is ultimately a good um, outcome for a group like Eyes One and especially for their careers moving forward. All right, mm-hmm. um, you know we we've got we got a lot of other interesting types of tracks. Um, I have two. I, I'm going back and forth between them. Let's start with a little less spicy. Um, let's, let's start with a little more chill for my selection. Um, let's start with a, a nice garden of fruits on trees. We've got Kai and peaches. Um, you know, Zani, let me throw it to you first. How do you feel about this song? Um, also, the, the conversation on the show did feel like it was very much in comparison to um, um, Kai's first album release. How did you feel like the conversation was framed with those two R&B songs being um, what Kai's all about? Um, and this being Kai's characterization as an artist. I think the the comparison is very natural to make, right? Especially with how good M was. Uh, I kind of, on my first lesson, I, I did like the song quite a bit. But it's also one of those songs that doesn't really strike out to you in the grand scheme of things, I think. Um, you know, just like these slow arpeggios and like you know fading in and out these big synth pads I, I like it's not particularly um you know striking in any way but i don't think that's what kai really is characterized by um he's more of a performance guy right and i think that does kind of come through pretty decently in terms of how the like if you've seen the choreo it's i mean it's Kai, right? I think he's um, yeah, he's a, he's a really good performer. I don't think the song matters quite as much, especially since he's kind of captured our attention with mm. He can kind of maybe coast for one or two songs, you know. It does feel like the direction for this release is to make it an art piece with a song that kind of accompanies the entire package, right? Um, I know Warren has had opinions on the music coming first and then everything else coming after i think with kai it's a very different case in the sense that he is a great performer 
um, everything we've seen between EXO and Super M, um, and then his first release, uh, he is just a person that you want to see front and center of every visual uh, component of K-pop and music. And then with this music video, um, I think they, they did a joke about it on the show that it felt like it's a small world with, with the sets, but it, it does feel a bit intentional that it's supposed to be kind of an imaginary fantasy world with um, pieces of the scenery being disconnected with only the peach tree being the sense of realism to kind of ground you in, right? Um, all of that to say, it, it's a very sexy song. Um, the, there's a lot of innuendo. Um, the title itself brings me back to like the 90s with Peaches and Cream. Very different song, but essentially the same in the sense of uh, the things they want to convey. And um, with regards to music and how I feel like it's connected to other R&B of the time, uh, Cashmere Cat. Um, have you listened to Cashmere Cat in the past, Dondi? I have, yes. So th- I get very much Cashmere Cats with the direction, Cashmere Cat with the direction of his type of music. So it's trap R&B. It's very minimalist. Um, but because mm-hmm. he's a singer, of course, uh, there has to be a, a vocal component throughout the song. Um, I could even see the song having less vocals, less singing, but him being front and center and it working. I, I, I really don't know what that says about uh, the song itself, aside from I don't think traditionally structured, it's better than, mm, I think mm, it's just a fantastic song. But Peaches, there's something alluring about it. Um, and just seeing Kai, uh, I, I am not a Kai stan. I, I liked Kai. I think I kind of love him now. Uh, I used to really love Taemin, but Taemin is uh, taking a, a break from the for the military. Um, bless Taemin, but I think Kai may fill that that gap for me. Um, Nothing uh, will ever fill the Taemin shaped hole in my heart, uh, Crispy. I know I'm but very I'm very fickle, but Kai Kai is doing a decent job. I think he does he does definitely fill a different artistic niche than than Taemin does. But they're both, you know, sexy SM boy group men who sing good and dance good. And, you know, they kind of do strike similar nerves at times. Yeah. Um, and then I was, I like to throw Luke Beckyon in here a little bit because uh, with the three releases this, I guess this past year, um, from S- the SM soloist, we have Beckyon, and Taemin, and Kai. They do. Hey, don't all- forget Key. Key. That, that song is amazing. Gosh. Yeah, I think he will also fill fill that gap moving forward um, that Taemin is leaving. But um, so between the four, uh, Baekhyun is kind of the, the dramatic singer, and then Taemin mm-hmm. is the I don't even know how to categorize him. But to me, I'm always thinking Michael Jackson esque type dancer um, and performer. Um, and then Key is far more similar to to Taemin than I initially thought. Uh, I thought he was going to do something a little bit different, but then it was it was very much in line with kind of the retro. Michael Jackson E type of performance, which is amazing. Oh, great. It's a great fill in for me. And then Kai now is uh, the smooth R and B. He's the nineties, two thousands guy. Um, as far as the, the inspiration. So I do feel like they are all going in a unique direction with music. Um, I'd like to ask mm-hmm. you about the fashion and the visual component of the music video. What did you think about the outfits? I thought they were cool. I am generally not the one to be asked about these things. But I thought they were cool. Um, yeah, they mentioned on the show um, that there was um, a lot of inspiration to um, traditional Korean clothing, um, but then like, but then flipped with the modern fashion, um, modern fashion like styling. Um, the the way I described it, the clothes are very big, um, but <laughs> had trimmings in a way that allowed you to see. Uh, skin but not too much skin so left a lot to your imagination and i think that does its job with uh the way that kai looks and how he is uh conventionally attractive in a lot of ways i i'm getting lost in my head um yeah quickly to wrap things up overall how did you feel like the crew received the song hey i mean i think they did a pretty decent job at summarizing how i feel about it really it's, I don't know. It's Kai. It's sexy. Very sexy. Not much else to say, right? Yeah, yeah. And I do think it, it's a fair comparison to his previous song, mm, 
um, because I felt like musically that one was more uh, memorable. Um, but this as a package, this as a performance piece, kind of amazing. Um, if you haven't seen the studio tune for this, they do a really nice job balancing the different tones of peach, the peach tones as a color um, with shadows. I think that's one of the things that Studio Chim does really well with their stage um, stage recordings. Um, and then really highlighting the fashion, the big clothes, the, uh, the frills, the holes, um, but then him moving very fluidly through them. Um, and then the choreo is another piece. Um, there are a lot of level changes in the choreo, a lot of... Um, um, isolations but he does so essentially switching through genres of dancing this might be getting too into the weeds of dancing uh, i danced for about seven years um, in college throughout college throughout middle throughout high school and college words are very difficult today um and just noticing a lot of the details that kai puts into things especially with the way studio Chum shoots it um i think is really great for uh, for all the dance heads out there so yeah check it out because um, Kaya does fluidly balance between different styles of dancing um, and it's very well shown in Studio Chum. All right, Zandi, sir, what is your final selection for the month of December 2021? I chose the signature song, Boyfriend. Um, I think just to very quickly summarize my thoughts on it, the reception for this song on the server was like, extremely positive when it came out but when i listened to it i kind of i was like i mean i I didn't dislike it i listened to it and i was like this is a good song but i feel like in a week or so i'm just kind of completely forget about it and that was kind of reflected i think in the way it was received later on where yeah the conversation kind of moved past that song and it kind of stayed towards songs that had been released earlier, right? Like Chungha Song, which has which had kind of stayed in the forefront of what we were talking about at the given moment, right? In terms of the song itself, I think it was I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was nice. Uh but it wasn't quite the you know, the big hit that everybody seemed to think that it was, I think. Yeah, that speaks volumes to music over time, right? And how a song sits with um, a, a population, a group, um, a people, a fandom, um, and you know how how things change. Uh, Warren does talk about this um, from time to time about um, bad songs. So, are you bad because you're boring, or are you bad because you took a, a weird risk that is very jarring and non uh, not everyone receives? And that song typically sticks in the memories of people for better or for worse, better over time um, than a boring song. Not to say that the song is boring. Uh, I do feel like there are a lot of quality moments in the song. But as far as a pop off song, um, I think it's a really accessible song in the moment in the first week or so that you listen to it. But it does get lost in the mix of other music that is doing things a little bit more interesting or doing things that may be a better conversation point, to say the least. Um, with regards to the song and the way the crew talked about it, uh, shout out to a uh, Michigan Wolverine, Chloe. Um, I think that's that's wild. Um, I I would like to know if there are other idols who uh, have come from schools here from the United States. Um, just selfishly, sorry, sorry, Zondi, <laughs> that may not apply to you. Um, but, but I think it'd just be interesting to see kind of how, how, how someone goes from going to university here in their early twenties and then deciding to be an idol. Um, and then kind of the, the transition. Um, and then hopefully that means they speak English. So then we get some access to them, um, and get some interviews. Cause I, I'm always curious to hear, uh, interviews from, um, multicultural, um, mixed background individuals in, in k-pop and in entertainment um i mean you, you can say that crispy you can say it's excluding me but i'm really waiting for the first british korean idol or like the first really popular one right because we've seen a lot of american canadian australians where's my where's my my chav idol it's gonna walk out there and say bravo lot i don't know let's I think it'll be let, really let's fun. be real um when a british idol does happen um you know, a Korean girl with a British accent starts to speak in an interview. I think we'll all stop and take notice for a myriad of reasons. I'm not saying I'm a simp. 
but well, I am. <laughs> I have been known to uh to to partake in simp like behavior. And you are a simp. So yes. Um uh, I think that that'll kind of kind of be yeah, that that would kind of stop everything if if that happened. It would be really funny as well. Just like jarring to look at. Yeah. Just, uh, There's not much of a Korean population in the UK. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, shout out to Chloe. Back to the song, right? Yeah, no worries. <laughs> but, the, but for the song, uh, very relaxed, very mature. Um, they did mention that the song and the music video were both muted, and I think that was very intentional. So kind of cool art direction there. Um, but with hyperpop s aspects, I didn't catch them. Um, did Were you able to hear kind of the hyperpop uh, influence of the song? Uh, and kind of what did you think about the cruise discussion over that? I think there was some elements that were taken from hyperpop, but I wouldn't like really struggle to call this a hyperpop song. I think it's far too minimalist in the verses and the first half of the chorus to to do so. But you know, I'm the resident hyperpop lover, so uh, any shred of that is right up my alley, right? Yeah. It- the thing with 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 hyperpop, my association with hyperpop is kind of out there, bombastic, and like captures your attention and like grabs you, right? Um, this song kind of has a vibe. It's it's vibey. Um, it's a little bit more chill and mellow. So I I, w- I would not associate it with hyperpop, but the way that Warren described kind of the layers of the musical components had me reconsidering at least, right? Um, shout out mm-hmm. to Warren, by the way, because he he's always really good about breaking things down and really going into the details of music composition. Uh, helps people like me, helps small brain people like me, because uh, honestly, I'd miss a lot of that. Um, Doug, yeah, I think he can be very concrete in the way he describes it. Yeah, in a way that it, it I can very wishy washily tell you what hyperpop can sound like, and I, you know, I my understanding goes so far as I can point you to maybe like. 50 hyperpop albums that I've listened to, but I would not be able to maybe quite as concretely describe to you what the elements that define it would be, right? Right, same here. Um, with with this song and music video itself, what did you think about it being a soft reboot to Signature? Um, and overall, how did the song work for you in that sense? I, I'm not going to lie, Crispy. I didn't really pay much attention to Signature in the past. They had one song, if I'm not wrong, that was released in 2020, I want to say. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I'm not, I never really paid much attention to them. So as far as a, you know, a soft reboot, I can't really speak to that personally. But as, as if, if this was, you know, a reboot, it's meant to be, a kind of a starting point again. If this was a debut song from a rookie group, I would be like, this is great. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the next one. I would like, I generally prefer rookie groups to kind of go ham, right? To kind of, you know, really try and stick in my, in my consciousness and the public consciousness, kind of the way, I mean, very easy example the way Billy did. Uh, that song, is, I'm I'm not gonna forget it for a while. I'm still listening to it, right? Because it's it has issues, but it it's a it's a striking song. It it's gonna stick in my mind the way that maybe this song generally has not. Yeah, no, that's a fair that's a fair point to make about the the elements of a song that will stick in people's heads like, that are earwormy, right? Um, I think it's, this song is a very fun song. It's a very calming song. Um, the, the lyrics were very interesting. It's, it's about a toxic relationship essentially, um, which is very contrasted with the fact that they're kind of happy go lucky, you know, a girl group, but they are doing some things in the music video that are matching um with with kind of the the way that they use the setting um and the the props um how it's everything's kind of a mess kind of like the relationship um but yeah with with the song itself i i do remember a few signature songs 
as being a little bit more um, wild. So when this song came out being kind of a shift, I was like, okay, I, I see where they're going with it. But I didn't associate that immediately with like a soft reboot. I'm not so sure that this is a sound that they'll continue on moving forward. Um, but if they do, I think it, it. I think if they do another song like this, it would be a bigger shift as far as them establishing themselves as, okay, we're doing this type of music now moving forward. So I do still kind of expect them to be a little bit more chaotic in their music, um, which is what they've been known for. Um, yeah, no, let's, let, let's move on to, to a very chaotic uh, moment on the server. A uh, very chaotic moment with, with music. Uh, the rave track of the year. Um, no, real quick, I used to attend many raves. Uh, I think I mentioned that many times in the past. Um, back, when, back in the day when things were open, back in the day when music festivals and raves were, were a thing. Uh, so I am no stranger to Doug's uh, basement dwelling comparison, grimy dankness of Everglow and Pirates. Um, you know, we, we had, uh, the, the last song, uh, first, um, you know, the start of the party, you know, the, I think Doug was comparing it to different levels of the club. You know, that's when you enter and things are, it's, it's midnight. It's, it's still not too late, but now pirate it's the basement. It's four in the morning and the party's still going and you don't know when the sun's coming up because it's just dark. How did you feel? about all of these wild uh, analogies, comparisons that Doug was making and, you know, the way the crew kind of shaped a more positive outlook on this song. Yeah, I, you know, on my first lesson, I was like, this is so bad. <laughs> on my second lesson, I was like, this is really bad. But the more I listened to it, I was like, I see the appeal. It's It's definitely the kind of thing where you had to be in a moment in the past to kind of appreciate what it's going for. Uh, for me, I, you know, I'm a bit too young to associate the kind of mid two thousands, you know, shitty EDM rave music with the raves themselves. For me, it's like the sound of, uh, field trips and, middle school and to that end when I think about it that way it does really bring me to a nostalgic time and I think that is what it does go for uh, you know I'm not you Crispy I'm not an Asian guy living in the west coast of America who very naturally would be going to a lot of raves in the mid 2000s but I am somebody who has lived through that phase of you know, the general population listening to a certain genre of music for, for you know, a certain, like a certain mood, a certain vibe. And regardless of whether it's, you know, the original intention of the music, it does bring me back to a certain point in my life. Uh, in, a, in a nostalgic way, in a, in a positive way. And despite the fact that I still think that song is hot garbage, it, you know, it, it somehow managed to, to evoke a, a positive emotion in me. Well, let's talk about, talk a little bit more about the song not working and being hot garbage. Right. And I think the crew did talk about really well to at least solidify in my head, why people would not receive the song. And it's because they take a lot of tropes from six years ago and are reincorporating them in a not as polished way as their previous songs. Because with Everglow, up until this point, even if the song or sound may not work for you, there was a level of uniqueness and polish to how the songs are produced. Everything from Bon Bon Chocolat to La Di Da, different takes on different sounds, but something that was, you can say, like musically, this was well produced. The song, I can objectively say, as a fan of the song, there, there are some things that are just like, wow, who made this? Did I make this? Could I have made this? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think Everglow in the past has done a really good job of taking older tropes or, or borrowing from older genres of music and, you know, putting their own polish on it. I think, as you said, with... with 
even with the the retro song. I, I'm not the biggest fan of most Everglow songs, but I think Lottie does and a really good example of this, where they 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 hopped on the retro trend, but they did a really good job of it. Uh, and my problem with this song is it kind of sounds like somebody traveled back in time to 2014, listened to 21, I am the best once, and was like, I can do this. That is that is a great visual um, piece of storytelling I'm putting together in my head right now. Um, first of all, I would love a time machine to go see 21 in 2014. Um, Sandara, I, I still love you very much. Um, God, to, to see that live again, God, good song. Um, but yes, I think I think that's an apt comparison. I think that is a really perfect way to to frame things within the world of K-pop that we've already experienced, right? Um, I think in 2014, the song probably works because you don't have to raise it to the level of standard that music has come through technology, through experience, through all, all the different filters that we've we've seen and heard music over the years. Um, so I think that's where this song like very much lacks. But as far as being a fun trash can song, I think it's super wild and crazy. This I hope this isn't a take, but it does feel like they they took the music budget and they put it in the music video, because there's a lot of CGI there. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of high quality stuff. Um, everything from the outfits to the the, the, the pirate eye patch, Mia, I, I see you, um, to uh, Onda's sword, cut me, please. I'm an Onda bias. <laughs> um, I I visually it's very impactful and feels like it, it's very well budgeted so it does feel like there's a drop off between the music video and the presentation with the song i think that is just it, there's something unequal, unequal there it's something that doesn't match um you know, yeah i tend to straddle towards the side that warren does most of the time where i tend to be kind of music first Everything else is secondary if you have a good product in terms of the music. The rest will follow suit. But I don't know. Some, somehow this one manages to kind of almost work out. Yeah, no, this one, I think they also may have been leaning in to the popularity a little bit where it's like, okay, we can just put out this this visual thing, science fiction um, short story with a lot of hype and a song that is kind of just there. But it's there in a different way, right? It's, it's got people talking. It's, it's memorable in a different way. I think if you like Everglow, if you like hype music, the song works for you. But I think there are a lot of objective elements to the song that the crew pointed out that I can say, yeah, probably still not the best made song of, of Everglow's discography. And that's okay, too. Because I think ultimately um, we, we did have a lot of fun talking about this. At least I did. Because I can see everyone's point. Can see everyone trashing on the song, but I I inherently understood felt maybe not understood but felt the meminess of the song, the self awareness of of what they were going for. But yeah, totally understand if it doesn't work for you. No worries. All right, uh, so we've got some honorable mentions um, for the month of December. You know, December itself with releases and music videos. You know, we mentioned at the top that there's just a lot going on in the month, so releasing a song probably not the best and probably won't get the most attention or promotions. We've got some songs that we loved, loved, liked, you know, one of those, um, Zondi hit me with your two honorable mentions of the month, December. Yeah. I mean, the first one, so as to not overlap with stuff that is going to be covered in the pod in January. I, I went the first one with, I use pieces EP, which I thought was just a really nice, kind of way to cap off the year for IU. I think she's had a really great year, uh, even though she has released three singles and I thought two of them were terrible. Okay, one of them was terrible and the other one was okay. But I thought she had a really good year. I think Lilac is one of the best albums that's been released this year. And I think this is a really kind of... I don't know, it's a, it's a very comfortable way to end the year. It's a, definitely a December EP, right? And uh, for those not in the know, it's kind of like a, just a collection of songs that, uh, that had been previously unreleased by IU in the past, but she has performed them live uh, on 
a couple occasions, or they they've been demos that have been sitting around for a long time. Yeah, I I think it's a it's a nice EP. I don't think it's anything particularly crazy or or something that you'd you know spend a lot of time thinking about. But it's it's something that's really comfortable to put on on a rainy afternoon. It's just this one has been for for me in Manchester. The second one is uh, somewhat of a. <laughs> Uh, just get it out. I, I don't want to call it, it a joke pick. I don't want to call it a meme pick. Uh, it's Shark by Oh My Girl. And both Crispy and I are big Oh My Girl fans. And I was so excited to listen to the song. And I listened to it and I was like, fuck. Shit. It's bad. You were excited up until the chorus. That's right. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Yeah, I thought the verses were doing a good job. And then all of a sudden we went into the chorus and I was like, Wow, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it gets listens. Like I listen to it because I think it's funny, and that's you know a legitimate way to write a song. Um, let me, let me loop back a little bit to IU. Um, I think the pieces EP is fantastic. It's cozy. It's um winter coffee shop. It's everything that Korean people probably love around this time of the year. I love during this time of the year. If I could recommend to my local Starbucks to play this album, uh, I would. I might even try today. Um, it, it just makes me feel so many things. Um, and like you said, it's a great cap off to IU's 2021. It's a full encapsulation of, um, you know, it, uh, of the themes that she was going for as far as being past, present, and future to her music and her life um, in a very subtle way. Um, so yes, I love pieces. Uh, I listened to that album non-stop throughout December because I think it was just very fitting but with oh my girl I too was very excited for this I I don't typically watch teasers um but I somehow found myself watching the 10 second teasers here and there they were styled kind of nicely the beat was kind of cool and then saw, seeing some of the scenery hotel de luna vibes I don't know why it was called shark I don't I don't know why they did that with the chorus it was going somewhere. It was kind of bassy. It was kind of jazzy. It was kind of cool. I thought it was called Shark because I th- I felt like listening to it the first time, maybe half half of it the first time, I was like, this might be a spiritual successor to Dolphin. But, no, go on. It, it, I don't know. I, the, the themes and the visual concept, I, 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 did it match anything that the title no. was trying to say and the music was trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. I will just simply say I don't know. Maybe not. Probably not. Chicka chicka choo, chicka chicka choo. But I will remember that. Um, I I have been a glutton for punishment and listened to that song over a hundred times. Genuinely, listened to that song over a hundred times. I, we still love Oh My Girl. Let's get a proper release, twenty twenty two. Yeah, uh, something in March, Hopefully. April. You know that that feels like the Oh My Girl window. The sweet spot for Oh My Girl. Um, I think the past two years have been around that spring summertime with um, nonstop and done dance. So they do have a pattern um, and a lot of success because of that that release window and release time for them. My two honorable mentions: um, the, the the server loves this group. Well, at least a small a, a, a small vocal contingent <laughs> loves this group. We got Billy with Snowy Night. Um, the unofficial, I guess, the unofficial first entry of Sean Suyun from Girls Planet 999. Uh, she is full front and center in this music video. There's a lot happening in it. It's uh, it's this dreamlike, um, multi-dimensional. They they travel to space. They travel to a basement, a dungeon. Um, I think I saw, I thought I saw the Inception top. That might have been kind of a riff on that. I, I kid you not. I think I saw the Inception top. Um, it, it's a very fun winter song. It's it, it's very much a Christmas song. Um, if you like Christmas music, if you like Billy, um, it, it's not super hyper poppy jarry ish craziness. It's just a very mellow K-pop Christmas song, and you get to see Suyun. Great. Um, next is Somi with Any More. Um, she released this on December twenty fifth, so right on Christmas. Um, it is a B-side from her oh, EP, mini-album. Um, it, it, it's, it's a full-length album, technically. Uh, <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Very technically. Uh, I think I, I do actually remember 
that they did mention it's a full length album. I'm scratching my forehead for those who can't see. Um, yes, I, I do love this song though. Uh, I think it fits in very well with her, you know, pop punk um, sound that she's going for. Uh, very much a Western pop sound, but she fits it right. Um, visually, it it tells a story of um, you know after the party. You, know, you have the party, and you have the after party, and then you have the cleanup. And it's kind of the mess left behind from um, the ups and downs of what love can represent. Um, and I I love Somi unapologetically. I like her music. I like this version of Somi um, between EXO, um, Anymore, and two other of her B-sides. Um, I think they fit a very specific story that she's trying to weave moving forward. And I hope you get a little bit more of it, um, kind of leaning into the pop punk Western sound. I think that fits her um, very well. Um, I think we we did joke about it a little bit on the the Twitch stream with Warren that we may not get Somi for another year or two. Very likely, very possible. So I will enjoy this for as long as I can because um, I do love the song and Somi. That is all. All right. Um, any thoughts, Zondi? Oh, I mean, I thought Snowy Night was a really good, uh, great follow up to Ring X Ring. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that song through December. One of the more interesting songs that had come out, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, and as far as the Somi song, obviously, this is a music video that had been released for an album. It album is definitely giving it a lot of credit. That had been released a while ago. But, uh, yeah, out of the B-sides in that release for Somi, I think this was definitely the one that I, that made the most sense to have a music video attached to it. And I think Somi is... I think they finally carved out the right niche for Somi. Uh, I, you know, it's very easy to joke about her first three or four songs being complete garbage. Uh, I'm sorry to say crispy. That's just my opinion. As a humongous IOI fan and a humongous Somi fan. Uh, I think as Somi has, you know, kind of changed her image through the years, this is kind of the direction that it seems to most naturally want to go to. Uh, in terms of a song or a sound that reflects the way she seems to be perceived in general, or she seems to want to be perceived at least. And I'm really looking forward to whatever she has in store for us next. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later, because for the first time in a while, I'm, I am quite excited for what Somi has for us. That is the hope. Music sooner rather than later. Um, but yes, I do echo a lot of what you say about uh, moving forward with Somi. Uh, feel a little bit differently about the past songs, but you know it's okay because uh, you know I love you and you're great, so I appreciate your opinions, regardless. Um, yeah, no, it's it'll be exciting to see where Somi goes moving forward, as well as Billy, right? Because they're just getting started. They are in the conversation for the 2022 awards for Rookie Girl Group of the Year. Um, I think they have some competition that the group will probably talk about next month. Um, they they just landed. They, uh, they came from space. Oh, yeah. They impacted for the first time. They're coming. They are. Uh, they have a number in their name, I think. Um, let's just leave it at that. Um, Shout out to <laughs> Shannon Bay from Pristine for um, having a hand in composing two of the four songs that are going to be covered on the pod or that have been covered on the pod. Nice. Hey, shout yeah, out to that. Get that I, bag, Shannon. Yeah. Woo! Get that bag. I didn't. I actually had no idea. So that that is a nice tidbit. Yeah. Nice little job. She was on Wadada as well as the Woozy song. She was also the background vocal in the Woozy song. So. Damn, girls working. Yeah. Party for her. She's doing good stuff. Also, she is releasing a lot of covers on her YouTube channel. I don't know. I'm just talking about Pristine now. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's it's the after show. We we sometimes go off the rails and you know we're good with that. Um really quickly, the December Soju chart. We only did officially have two weeks of um the Soju chart. In December, um, I think the the one standout moment is that Chunga, um, killing me, Hall of Spice. Was that a surprise for you? Somewhat. I mean, I thought the song was good. I gave it a lot of 
good impression uh, when I spoke about it last time. But I'm not going to lie, I didn't really listen to it that much. Uh, but I think compared to the other songs that have been released, I think it's very natural for it to have been Hall of Spice. I think Billy was just too controversial. That's all I'll have to say. Yeah, it's very divisive. I think people are very much in one camp or another with that song. Um, so I understand. Um, but give it a listen. Give it a try. Let it seep into your soul. Because uh, I, I am in definitely the camp with uh, Zondi and Biff Miller and Nina and Warren. That that song is amazing. Ring X Ring. Check it out. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the highlights of the Soju chart this month. Uh, we got a brand new Soju chart coming up for the month of January. Uh, we're looking too far. We're looking a little far into the future, but you know, it, we're, we're in January. It's the new year. We're trying to reset and recalibrate and, uh, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun 2022. With that said, uh, let's move into closing thoughts and, um, check in with, with Zondi. How are you feeling Zondi? How was your holiday break? And, um, you know, how, how have things gone over the past few weeks? Yeah, I went home for a couple weeks, which was nice. I took a little teensy break from the old Discord. But, uh, you know, I'm back. I'm refreshed for the most part. I've been isolating for the past, it's been seven days now. It's not a big deal. It's not that great. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm feeling good. I think 2022 is going to be good. I'm excited for all the K-pop. I'm excited to see what a bunch of groups are going to do. Specifically, I want to see what Espa has in store for us this year. And also, um, uh, the Sakura group, Sakura and Chewon group. Because that's definitely going to happen, right? (laughs) We can only hope. Um, Well, it's great to hear that you were refreshed from your break. I think everyone... Could use a no, that that sounds I, I didn't mean it that way, but I think everyone who took a break coming back refreshed um, is very much worth it, considering what we've had to to work with to deal with over the past few years, uh, specifically this year with the ups and downs um, with you know people getting vaccinated, seeing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel only for the tunnel to continue on. I think that is kind of the feeling right now, um, at least for me personally. But I, I too also took a break and I do feel far more refreshed than that than I expected. So um yeah, take breaks, people. It's pretty good for you. It works out. Um, Zondi, you went home. How was it going home? Um, going to two different parts of the world essentially. Um, and well, what were some holiday things that you guys do? Uh traditions, if you will, with your family. Well, my family doesn't celebrate Christmas. So we just kind of went home and uh me and my brothers just played a bunch of chess, and that was pretty much all we did. Yo, it was a good time. You're a chess master? Excuse me? I'm not very good. <laughs> but, yeah, considering, because both my brothers are working, so I kind of spent most of the day doing my own thing, you know, either studying or, like, playing games. And uh, in the evenings, we mostly just sat down on the on the chessboard and racked our brains yeah super nerdy it was a really good time though no anytime uh, also, someone talks about chess i always think of them as a hyper intelligent person and this checks out because to me you're an intellectual so wow yeah i mean it's not inaccurate you know crispy things when you know you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other great thing about being at home is my dad has a really fancy coffee grinder and espresso machine so i can have fancy coffee every day but fancy coffee and chess was your holiday break uh i I am jealous. I, I wish I experienced that as well. You you are living a good life, sir. <laughs> um, for me, holiday break was just a lot of family. Um, a, a, the same group of aunts, uncles, and cousins. It's my dad, um, and then my dad and my mom, and then his brother and sister, and then their um, circle of family. So I think 15 people. Um, I saw them regularly over the past three weeks or so between Christmas and New Year's. So we kept that pretty small, pretty tight. Um, no one got COVID, at least I don't think. But so many of my friends got COVID going to see family throughout the holidays. 
it's kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Um, get boosted. Yeah, get get the vaccine. Get boosted. Um, you know, whatever your thoughts and feelings about the vaccine, you know, those are yours to have. But it's um, the results are showing that if you have it, you will be less likely to be in the hospital um, and be of a scary concern for that situation. You know, I think that's probably the best way I can put it because uh, you're too cordial from, for me, crispy. You people, people, if you don't want to take the vaccine, you're an idiot. (laughs) Eat shit and die. Thank you, Zondi. You know, Zondi, uh, (laughs) it's okay. I, I've, I got you on the show for this reason. Yeah. I need you to balance me out. Balance me out, sir. Um, Either do what I said or do what Zondi said. I think both are, are apt and are, um, are up to you. Those are your choices, your own agency to fill those out. Um, but yeah, um, New Year's looking great. I too am very excited for ESPA. Um, I, I think moving forward, it's Stacy for me. Yeah. ESPA, Billy, and... I am so shocked. I'm sorry to cut no, you off. I'm so shocked that I have been convinced on the stupid Kwangya nonsense. I'm not. I to me, it's a meme. But them as a performance group, as oh no, I still think it's a meme. But I'm convinced. I'm like, <laughs> whatever is next, I don't care. Somehow, I don't care that this is the most cringe stuff that's been released from a K-pop group in in the past, like you know, recent memory. I think because it's cringe, I I, I can separate it. Right? It's like, oh, this is so insane. And yet mm-hmm. it exists. And I guess it's part of my experience with Espa. I'm just a big simp. Winter all the way. I mean, hello. What? No, winter is winter only. She's great. Um, winter only. Real quick. Girls on top. Yeah. Are we gonna quickly talk about that? Let, let's give me give me your your six give me your 90 seconds on how you feel about it. When I saw the lineup, I like physically, like I crumbled when I saw like an Instagram post from, from probably like Tian or Sugi or something. And I was like, they put like four of my favorite performers in a single group. And, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle what came out. And then the song came out and I was like, I, th- I now know how I'm going to handle what came out because the song wasn't that good. But the performance was really good. And I don't know. I feel like, if they're gonna do, you know, you know, NCTU, but all of the SM girl groups, they are gonna get a lot of chances to to get it right, right? Uh, the the lineup is so stacked. I don't know if there are any FX members still signed to SM. Uh, I know Crystal is not, as far as I remember. I think Luna might be. I think Victoria isn't, and I think Amber isn't. So if any of them are, I think it might be Luna. Uh, but if they get Luna on a track of... Uh, no, actually, Luna is definitely not. So I none of the FX members are signed to SM. But, yeah, uh, sorry. Just to sum it up, uh, the remaining girls are going to do a crazy good job. Uh, SM have such a stacked girl group lineup that it's going to be hard for them to continue to you know do as poorly as they've done this first time. <laughs> yeah. My um, real quick bit about it is um i'm still dying because visually um they are all amazing i too have some favorite k-pop people in there sulgi that's all song (laughs) interesting uh sm you like to experiment with music and do weird stuff i respect it i can respect that and that is i hate how much i respect it same same um but we'll talk more about that during the january recap wrap up and uh we'll, we'll get some real thoughts in it uh zondi you essentially have written yourself into the next episode so welcome sir i'll see you in february um zondi it's been a pleasure having you on the show and talking to you so candidly and openly just about literally everything about the world so um you are a gentleman and a scholar um truly a scholar with your your chess uh your, your chess playing espresso drinking over the holidays so, um, yeah, no, it's been nice to have you, dude. It's been nice being here, Crispy. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, of course. Anytime. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode 42. 
subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. This has been the Soju Talk Nation for Zondi. This is Crispy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I don't know if this is this is the, my Kwangya energy, but I feel it that you have something that you want to say like immediately after. So I was like, I gotta wrap this up. I gotta wrap this up. <laughs>